You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms, the podcast. And this is episode 116. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I cannot believe that I have done 116 of these episodes. When in all honesty, I thought maybe I would get to like 10. But fun fact, I don't think I'm ever going to run out of things to talk about. There are some weeks that I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I feel like I've talked about it all. And then like, you know what? I've got it (laughs) because I can always come up with something. (laughs) And a lot of times I pull from my own life or I will pull from things that I see my clients struggling with and they're going through. And that is you know, you start to see just some some commonalities, right? And I'm going to share something that I went through on this episode because have you ever noticed how our brains like to keep score? Does your brain do this? Like when we're doing this, when our brains are doing this, what I've come to find out is that they are trying to solve a problem. And by they, I mean our brains because sometimes it's just like this whole other entity. It is outside of ourselves. We can't control that crazy brain sometimes. And this thing that they're trying to solve a problem, it's great. Our brains are amazing at problem solving. And they're often solving the problems in our lives without us even realizing it, right? It's just in the background. It's trying to solve all these different things. But when our brains are keeping score, it ends up leading to like a lot of feelings of frustration, of anger, feelings of unfairness, or maybe even like resentment a lot of times. But have you ever noticed when your brain is starting to keep score? What I mean by that is like sometimes your brain will do this thing where when something is not as it should be, your brain will show you all of the other, of all of the ways where it is happening. It's like going to point it out to you. Like, oh, there, and oh, yeah, there. there's another time, just like I thought, just like I told you. It's like this little tallying up the score, a little mental tally. And I see this a lot in my coaching sessions, in talking with other special needs parents. And I know I am so guilty of this, too. Like, this keeping this mental score of all the ways in which our lives are harder in comparison to typical families around us. We keep score on who does more around the house when it comes to marriages or who does more for the kids. And it comes up a lot in marriage. There's actually this whole book called Fair Play that is really, really fascinating. That is for a separate episode, (laughs) but I'm definitely going to have to talk to you guys about that. But this mental score happens in a lot of different areas of our lives. And this actually came up for me this past week. I was crying to my coach because my husband, he had the flu and he was completely down for an entire week, which, you know, we have, we have a son who is immunocompromised in our home. Like there's so much that goes into this. Like, this is like disinfectant, like, ugh, just all these, all these worries running in the background, making sure he doesn't get it. But this also meant that I was the only one taking care of the kids. So I was cooking meals. I was doing all of the tube feedings, right? I was getting them ready for school. I was taking them to the appointments. I was picking them up. I was bathing them, giving them their medications, 
bedtime routines, doing the dishes, the laundry, taking care of him, taking care of my husband who was sick and like couldn't get out of bed, bringing him food and medicines and stuff like that. And on top of all of this going on, guys, like, oh, on top of all of that, I'm running my business and I'm doing chores that I don't normally do outside during the snowstorm. <laughs> When it was literally two degrees outside. Two degrees Fahrenheit. Which means I had to break the ice with the with the axe. I had to do all these things and the hay and the feed and like all of our cattle and our horses, right? That is usually my husband's department. And so I was doing all of this all week long, like seven days. And all week, I just kept thinking how I had to take care of everyone else's needs first before I could take care of my own which meant I wasn't eating breakfast until after I got the kids ready and fed and off to school. I wasn't eating dinner until everyone else was in bed. I was staying up like super late till like 1 a.m. because I just wanted to get like a moment of peace, like a moment alone. And I was telling my coach all of this, right? I was really just feeling it. I was telling her how awful all this was, how unfair it was, how I just wished that I was the one who was sick for once so I could lay around and be taken care of. And then my coach, <laughs> she asked me very lovingly, but also it was the kick in the butt that I needed so desperately in this moment because I was just in the thick of misery. She asked me, in what ways is this actually your own fault? I don't remember if she said your own fault or your own doing, but uh, either way, I was like, um, none. Thank you very much. I didn't make my husband get the flu. I didn't make it snow and be below zero degrees outside. And I was getting frustrated because I was still trying to convince her, no, my life is unfair. This has been awful. Poor me. No, like I should win. I was keeping score because I wanted to win this invisible competition of unfairness that I had created in my head. But as coaches so often do, because again, coaches have coaches, <laughs> as coaches so often do, she made me realize that I was also forgetting that I had a choice in all of this. Would I have chosen to not do those things? No, because there were important things like my kids need fed. My kids need to have their medications and right and clean clothes to wear. But. And I also needed, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that my livestock had water, right? Those things are important things. So I would never have chosen to not do those things. But I also could have chosen to do things differently. I could have chosen to forego making dinner at night, for example, and like ordered pizza or could have just had cereal instead. I mean, shoot, my daughter loves cereal. She would have been so happy about that. I could have chosen to eat dinner at the same time everyone else was eating, even if it meant our nighttime routine got pushed back 10, 15 minutes, right? Rather than doing something else at that time. I could have chosen to ask for help. I could have chosen to reschedule appointments or cancel them. There was a lot of choice, and I had a lot of control in this situation that I didn't even see because I was so blinded by my mental score keeping. But my brain, it was just, it was hung up on this keeping score because I believed that this situation shouldn't be happening. 
So we're back to what happens when we think life should be a certain way. Because whenever I sat down after the session, I sat down and I really thought about this. And I did some writing. I did some journaling after I got coached. And I realized that I was operating from this belief that my husband should be doing some of this too. (laughs) But did I actually expect him to get up out of bed? He had a fever. He was coughing. Did I really expect him to get up and cook dinner and spread his germs, be around the kids, be around the house while he was sick? No, absolutely not. I sure did not expect him to do that. Never in a million years. But when we are operating from a belief that doesn't align with the reality of the situation, our brains get a bit of a bit confused, if you will. Right? It's just trying to make sense of things that aren't normally happening or what it thinks that shouldn't be normal. So it keeps score to try and solve for this problem. It tries to keep score to kind of solve for this mismatch between our belief and reality. Like we have two different sides of things. And it's trying to say, no, my belief is stronger than reality, even though we all know that's just arguing with reality, right? (laughs) This happens all the time. I see this with so many of the moms I coach in so many different situations, like their child's behaviors, believing that their child should act a certain way, or the belief that maybe something like your child's school should be doing things differently, should be doing more for their child. So let's say that you have the belief that your child's school isn't being inclusive enough and isn't providing enough support. Your brain trying to prove this belief system true, will then begin to show you all of the reasons that this is true. And maybe it starts keeping score like, oh, look at all of these ways that the school is failing my child. And I just conveniently don't have any ways where they aren't failing them. We just ignore that part. (laughs) You'll make these mental tallies of specific situations that support your belief. Like when there isn't a a ramp in a certain part of the school or when there isn't a project or an assignment or there isn't a project or assignment that isn't suited for your child to do or to participate in or when your child is excluded from an activity, anything like that, right? Your brain is going to take note of each little time. Or maybe it's an event happens that doesn't align with your beliefs and your brain tries to keep score to make sense of it. Because our brains want our beliefs to be true. So when the reality of the situation doesn't match our belief, we might see our brains keep score then too. For example, if you believe that your child's teacher should be communicating with you two to three times per week on their progress in class and how they're doing, and it just consistently happens to be once or twice a week, you may notice that your brain is tracking Every single time they don't send you a message. Kind of the snarky, like, "Mm, see, one more day where I don't get communication. Right? That little little snarky voice in your head. (laughs) Hey, I've got it. I, I do it too. Right there with you on that. Not on the communication. That is just a very random example there. But soon your brain is going to start looking for other ways to keep score against that teacher or against the school by pointing out, all of the other things that they should be doing better. 
And pretty soon, before you know it, you like have this enormous amount of evidence for why you hate your school district or why you should just up and move. When our brains do this, it is because they're trying to prove our belief to be true. It's like our belief is challenged. And our brain then sets out to show us why we are right and they are wrong. And that maybe we should do something so this can change. Not solve the problem or anything like that. I don't mean like, oh, go talk and have a conversation with your child's teacher. No. I mean solve the problem as up and leave and move because obviously another school will be doing it how we think it should be done right? Obviously, it's just this school district that's doing it wrong, right? We always seem to think it's it's that grass is greener on the other side. That problem won't be there at another school district. And it may not, it may be, it may not be, right? We don't know. But nine times out of 10, you're just going to trade in one problem for another. Because our brains believe it is an impossible problem that will never be fixed other than just completely leaving, completely changing it out. Quitting that job, leaving that spouse, moving out of that school district, right? These big, grand things. And we've also, we've talked a lot about survival mode here recently. And guess what? When we believe one thing and then reality differs, it can actually send us straight into survival mode. Oftentimes, it sends us into fight mode, puts up that defense. Because to our primitive brains, This is dangerous. When reality is not as we think it should be, it is a a feeling of unsafety. And while it is common for our brains to do this, the problem also can be that it can lead to like a lot of frustration, a lot of resentment, a lot of it shouldn't be this way thoughts and the negative feelings that come with them. In which these negative feelings, those are the ones that actually prevent us from taking any actions in which actual change will happen or be more likely to happen. So having that conversation with a teacher about communicating more. Or it was the case for me, right? When my husband was sick, I was too busy keeping score of all the things I had to do because he was sick, and right? I didn't stop and try to find ways in which I could make things easier or make things better for myself. But keeping score is a way of resisting our reality and trying to change it. But we often can't change the reality of a situation, can we? Right? We can make positive changes to our circumstances that might affect our future realities. Yeah, we can do that. But when we keep score, it is always about things that have already happened, about things in the past. We can't change those things. We can't change the reality that's already been going on. We can only change what we can do going forward. So Byron Katie, she reminds us that we can argue with reality, but we are going to lose 100% of the time. And I think that is so beautifully, perfectly well said. (laughs) And there's also another saying, so Michael Singer talks a lot about how we as humans often want to dislike things that are out of our control, right? Like the weather or our child's developmental delays or their diagnosis, right? (laughs) But the only thing that comes from saying, I don't like the rain, is that when it rains, we feel disturbed by it. 
The earth and the sky and the universe don't. We do. We are the only ones that have a problem with it. We create so many of our own negative feelings with how we think about things and with how we try to keep the score that is just useless. So it's really important that whenever you notice your brain trying to keep score of things, that you you really gain some awareness around it. You really start to kind of question whenever you do that. And the first step of that, like I said, it's gaining that awareness around it when it's going on. Just saying, huh, my brain is doing that thing again where it's keeping score. It's trying to solve a problem by keeping score again. Get curious about it. And whenever you notice it, ask yourself, what's the main thing that I think should be different here? What do I think should be, the, the school should be doing differently, right? Or what do I think should be different about my husband being sick and about me doing things around the house, whatever it is that you're going, you know, going through. Or what do I believe is wrong here? Ask yourself, am I arguing with the reality of the situation? And this will help you figure out the belief that you are operating from. And it's going to be a belief that feels like it is very, very true. So you aren't going to want to question it. You were very, you're going to be hard resist. I mean, just like when my my coach was like, mm, how is this kind of your own fault? I was like, oh, no, never. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> but then you sit with it and you start thinking about it and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I did kind of create some of that pain myself. Because if you truly believe something, you're going to have a lot of evidence for why it is true. If your brain has been keeping score, you're going to have a whole stack of proof. And we're going to have a really hard time thinking that there is something wrong with that belief because it sounds really true to you. It feels really true. But just stay with me here, okay? But just start questioning it. What also might be true here? Going back to that school example, what also might might be true here? What things does a school get right? But what else could be true in that situation? When you believe it should be different, try to find another thing that could also be true. What else could be true here? It is so incredibly powerful to ask these questions whenever you are thinking things shouldn't be that way. Someone says something to you or treats you and your family differently because your child has a disability. It hurts. It sucks. Trust me, it does. It does. But asking these questions, and I'm saying like after, like you kind of have to feel your emotions a little bit in a situation like that. But asking yourself these questions can really help, can be helpful, right? Like she shouldn't have said that to me. She should have been trained better about inclusion and about disabilities and people with differences. And asking yourself what else could be true in the situation well, maybe she wasn't trained. Maybe no one has trained her. Maybe we're the first family she's ever come across that has a child in a wheelchair. What else could be true in the situation? Maybe she just found out that her mom has cancer. Maybe she got some really bad news and she's having an awful day and that's why she had awful customer service. Right? What else could be true here? It helps alleviate some of that story, right? That that mental, like, ugh, angst that you have going on in really hard situations. If your husband has the flu 
and you are having to take on the care of everyone in the household and outside. (laughs) Yes, it might be true that you have to do it all yourself, but it could also be true that you can let some things be easier or let some things go and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Not the big things, make sure everyone's fed and watered and, you know, alive. (laughs) But it could also be true that you don't have to do it all perfectly, right? So next time that you find yourself thinking something should be different, or it shouldn't be this way, or it shouldn't have happened, try this out. See how things change for you. Ask yourself these questions. Okay, my friends, that is all I have for you this week. So I will talk to you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.